0: Welcome to the Soul Archaeology Podcast, a space for connection, resonance, witnessing, and learning. Together, we'll harvest medicine from the spiral of life, sharing conversations with other embodied humans who have navigated their own initiations and found alignment with their true soul essence. With weekly astrology, energy updates, embodied conversation, and channeled teachings, this is a space for you to land and find resonance with the spiral of your own soul. Hello everyone, welcome back to Soul Archaeology. I'm happy to be here with you. We survived the eclipse. (laughs) I'm feeling so much um, intensity on the other side of this second eclipse, this lunar eclipse in Taurus that occurred on the 28th. And I feel like I'm just now starting to integrate a little bit of what's occurred over the last two weeks with this eclipse portal being open. It's important to remember that we have, I say that we have um, the Eclipse portal that opens a month before and it stays open for a month afterwards. A lot of people will say two weeks and that's totally accurate as well. It's just, I feel like the being a highly sensitive person, I feel the integration lasts a little bit longer. So I do wanted to remind, I did want to remind all of you that there is some integration time that occurs and We've been talking a lot about eclipses in the context of being a storm, you know, and being a karmic storm and something that sort of sweeps in and comes in to deliver and to remove, to realign and to reconnect us onto, into ourselves and onto our evolutionary path that is the most direct And most clear for this lifetime. So if we think about, you know, time in in a linear way, which is not, but (laughs) sometimes it's easier for our human mind to grasp it in that way. But if we kind of picture ourselves moving along a linear path, perhaps that path isn't the one we're intended to move along, but we've been, you know, uh, we've been moving in a direction that has been leading to more challenges or more wounding, these storms kind of like pick us up and put us back onto the path that's more direct. So they're certainly karmic helpers. And I always welcome this season, although I, you know, my Virgo south node gets a bit uncomfortable, my Vir- <laughs> Venus and Virgo gets a bit uncomfortable with all of the change and the uncertainty of eclipse season. I always end up on the other side, exactly where I'm meant to be. So it's interesting. We had a very sort of wild eclipse season. We are looking for a new place in Topanga because we just need more space. I want a dedicated workspace for myself. We're up leveling and growing and just are ready for a new chapter. So we've been on the lookout and a perfect gem sort of landed in our laps. And we were so close to getting it and sealing the deal and then a huge wind of change came through and then so we were really bummed and we're like oh man this isn't gonna work out made plans (laughs) and then literally I kept feeling I was like I think we're meant to take this place I think that this is meant to be ours and my partner was feeling the same and we were just you know I really had to work on release and letting it go and just trusting if it was meant to be it would work out and then the day before um, the eclipse on the 27th it landed back in our lap. So it was really this funny, very eclipsy <laughs> turn of events. And I was, you know, and of course, not surprised because I know what eclipse season can do and things come in and, and out just as quickly. And they are, you know, many in a lot of ways meant to just teach us something. And for me, I had, I'd been, you know, like, oh, I'm not attached to this um, home search process I, I was just you know sort of feeling very unattached very evolved about it and then when it kind of fell through I was like oh I was actually attached to it isn't that funny and then um when it came back into our laps it it had me sort of really evaluate is this the right place for us move slowly through it um and it turns out that it is so that's exciting but it's just wild how that happens and then we also had uh, the day after the eclipse we had a little uh, we pick up trash on sunday mornings the topanga trash warriors if you're familiar with it um, if you're into Topanga and you're interested you should join it's very fun <laughs> but we were picking up trash and we saw a uh, there was a few cars that stopped and we were on canyon roads which were pretty windy and And um, steep and definitely not safe for um, walkers or bicyclists or animals, but um, because the cars drive pretty, pretty fast, but uh, cars had stopped and said that there was a a dog who they thought had been dumped, um, which has been happening a lot in LA and I'm sure other parts of the country as well. And so we, we finished our trash pickup and were notified of this dog and went straight to Retrieved this dog and she was the sweetest old girl um little mix of you know perhaps uh some sort of collie and spaniel not totally sure but she was just so so sweet such a lover deeply deeply matted full of like years long mats like she was extremely matted and so i had assumed that she was dumped and um or actually stray um Although she was pretty small to to last in the wild for too long with the coyotes and the cats, but we had kind of in this weird way just sort of decided that she was not going, that she didn't have a home or that she wasn't wanted because she was so matted that we, you know, were making plans. We're like, okay, well, she's you know, we'll, we'll foster her, even though it's not a good time for us to foster, but we decided we'd take her in and foster her. And, um, it turns out we brought her to our vet, our local vet to get her checked out. And I even had a grooming appointment set. I just was not thinking that maybe she actually had a home and, but we were kind of mentally preparing ourselves and emotionally preparing ourselves to start this process of like, you know, finding this magical eclipse girl Um, we even named her eclipse you know loosely (laughs) just because we had found her on um, as the the lunar eclipse the the lunar um, full moon was setting over the mountains as we were picking up trash and and you know sort of symbolic too because we thought oh someone dumped her as trash and we're picking up trash and it was just so 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 funny and synchronistic not funny but synchronistic how it worked out and she was unharmed and did not seem abused at all, just neglected. And so we brought her to our vet and they're like, oh, legally you have to, um, you know, check for a microchip, which we were wanting to do anyway, just in case she did have a home. And turns out she did and we were able to find her her home. And I very kindly asked the owners to get her groomed because she's very overdue and those mats are very painful and tried not to overstep and be a crazy dog mom but she was returned home and she seemed happy about it and so did her her owners so that was lovely but just another example of non-attachment and things kind of flying in and leaving just as quickly as they come in and and just feeling this kinship and this connection with this sweet girl and she was old and she has this gray beard and it's just I have such a soft space for senior dogs so anyway that was our uh, just a few of our eclipse happenings and just many other things. But I hope all of you are, are feeling your feet on the ground on the other side of this wildly transformative portal. We will be integrating the sort of shadow. It's not really a shadow period because it's not a retrograde, but you know, the um, sort of tapering down of the eclipse energy over the next few weeks or month. And there's so much that occurs during these times. And I have many eclipse episodes, so I won't go into the full details. But if you would imagine sort of a storm, you know, that's displaced or moved a lot of things within your life or people's or um, beliefs or even yourself, (laughs) um, now is the time to really take inventory and to see what changes have occurred. How, How have I been feeling over the last few weeks? So much is occurring in the world and... As we move, you know, S- Scorpio season basically just kind of snuck in right in the middle of this eclipse portal, <laughs> which was uh wild. And um, you know, Scorpio season is, I-, I do love it so much because I love the shadow work and I love um, connecting with my ancestors, I love the underworld and I. I do connect deeply with Scorpionic, um themes and energies, and uh, but I try not to swim in it too long because I can I can do that being a Scorpio rising with Pluto in my first house. So, but Scorpio sneezed and snuck in on October 23rd, and we are now in full-on Scorpio season, um, integrating the changes from this eclipse. We also have Sawin, which is. Um, a Celtic or pagan festival, fire festival on October 31st. You also might know of it as Halloween. And um, I've been reflecting on that a lot this year because we have, you know, I've just been on Instagram and um, just watching everyone dress up for Halloween and seeing, you know, these little kids running around as sort of dead cheerleaders and you know, scary serial killers and just weird, weird things and it's just really brought to into my awareness this relationship we have with fear and death and how we've sort of tricked ourselves into thinking that we have a relationship with death. And what I think, you know, Solwyn has been why why it's why it exists and, and why it was created it was to honor death. And I think in many ways our Western world in particular has separated itself so as far as it can from death that it's created so much space between us and death uh, that it fears it so deeply and it's really truly where I think a lot of the suffering in our world comes from and one of Scorpio's evolutionary purposes you know saw when lands within Scorpio season and it does ask us to reckon with death and to integrate our fear around loss and death And Scorpio's evolutionary purpose is to make the unconscious conscious, to bring light to our dark spaces, to our shadows, to bring things forward that need to be witnessed in order to be fully integrated, to create more wholeness. And to honestly, a big part of that is to integrate our fear of death, to bring death closer so that we can witness it with ceremony and love and the respect that it that it truly deserves being such a an integral part of the cycle of life. And as always, I sort of refer to nature in order to gain the wisdom around some of these big sort of themes that we navigate as humans because we are nature, of course. And I talked a lot in the last episode about ancestors and healing our ancestral trauma. And this is sort of an extension of that and witnessing um, Samhain and Halloween as a time where the veil is so thin which I've been talking a lot about too that the veil is just so so thin right now so many synchronicities so much I mean uh, psychic connection and uh, downloads and activations coming through but it's really a time for us to connect with the other side to connect with our ancestors to connect with the death cycles of the earth. Um, and of course, this is, you know, more of the Northern Hemisphere. Um, the Southern Hemisphere celebrates Samhain in May. <laughs> we have, you know, obviously opposite seasons. So this is more for the Northern Hemisphere, but it is our, truly our time. And a lot of the turmoil that's occurring that we're mainly, you know, sort of hearing about in our Northern Hemisphere is happening in the Northern Hemisphere and Samhain is celebrated um, you know it's a a Celtic or pagan tradition so it was celebrated in the northern hemisphere in the beginnings but when we think about our connection to our ancestry where it's really about our connection to the past it's about our connection to death and why we fear it so deeply in order for Scorpio to fully embody its intensity its power its purpose here it has to reckon with death as an essential piece of the cycle of life that we have no birth without death, that we have no soil without death. We have no nutrients to grow the new without death and decay and loss. And so I think loss creates resiliency and it creates, um, strength and wisdom and, um, richness within our lives death really creates ripening you know um and i just find it interesting seeing sort of this paradox if you will play out and um you know all the death that's occurring all over the world and our anger and our fear and our rage coming forward you know some of the sacred rage and the ancestral wounds coming forward around loss of control, um, murder, death, um, power and imbalances, injustice. And then we see, you know, little kids dressed up as ghosts and um, dead people. And um, it's just pretty interesting because I think if you were to enter into the average Western home, Uh, the topic of death would be uncomfortable, you know, and this isn't everyone, of course, it's sort of a blank statement. But in general, uh, the topic of death is, it's feared to some degree, and we've lost our relationship with death, we've lost our reverence and our ceremony around it. And that's why grief, which is the product, the byproduct of loss, uh, is, is so stuck and stored in our collective psyche and our collective consciousness and in our bones and our bodies, in our, um, in our sacred rage. You know, I've been feeling so much grief recently around, um, the state of the world, uh, grief and anger, honestly. I mean, beneath anger is grief typically. And I've been feeling these like bouts of anger and frustration with how we treat our land, how we treat our animals, how we treat each other, and our children, our elders, and it's been firing me up. I have my Mars and Aries, um, I'm a Libra sun, uh, Libra, sorry, um, sun and, and Mercury and Libra, and in my 12th house, so I'm really here to reckon with loss, and I've been seeing just my my rage rising within me and feeling a lot that comes with that, um, rage over the state of the world. Uh, the fact that we keep looping through the same cycle of, you know, murder and destruction and never quite learning our lessons around war and oppression and getting, you know, distracted and, uh, divided by these powers that at be that we might not even be aware of, you know, who the real puppeteers or the puppet, puppet masters are. And it's, um, in particular, seeing our, you know, our American Pluto return that we've been navigating, um, at, which kind of closes up as we move, as Pluto moves out of a, um, Capricorn. And the, the fact that we haven't quite Evolved in the way that we need to, and, and just knowing that it's all a part of the cycle, and we are nearing a time and a space where we will have to evolve in order to survive. Um, but we are quite a young country, and, and just integrating our shadow, integrating the, the incredible, d- deeply traumatic mistakes we've made with the indigenous communities, the indigenous populations, with the land, with um, just f- flat out failing. You know, um, and selling ourselves to corporations, which is what's happened uh selling ourselves to greed, and we are a young nation that is being picked apart by vultures, literally, quite literally, and we need parts of us to die in order to be rebirthed, and I think that's a lot of what we're seeing as far as um you know, reparations uh, for the indigenous communities, the African American communities, um, the ways in which we have uh, really, you know, built this country on freedom, but uh, done the opposite in a lot of ways. Um, even thinking about our, like, you know, the immigrants that have, you know, that really built this nation and how we've forgotten that we too are immigrants. Most of us are, you know, come from immigrants. I, was in Yosemite and it was just a big awakening for me I think I'm collectively processing a lot of this um, a lot of this American Pluto return energy Um, and I do think it's important for us to look at the darkness in order to integrate it and just feeling this anger about the way we've gone about um, land resourcing and what we've done to the indigenous communities and the way we have pushed people out of their um, power. And I've watched, it's just been sort of, it hasn't been an organized um, effort really on my part to study, but I've just seen a lot of films lately and, and a lot of things that have brought forward um, this polarity within me, this feeling of, you know, knowing I come from immigrants and white immigrants in particular who went through extreme hardship to get here and left everything they knew behind to come to this land and to make a life for themselves but at the same time holding immense shame and grief for what happened to the indigenous community in order for my ancestors to ancestors to come here and have land to develop and to you know bring me into the world so um I watched uh, the show 1883, which really kind of surfaced a lot for me around my ancestors and what they went through to go west and um, to develop uh, a life on the Great Plains at the um, turn of the century. And then, you know, watching this movie, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, which if you've not seen it, it is remarkable and um, devastating Um, beautifully done. Of course, I'm not of the Osage uh, lineage, but um, I come from Missouri and Kansas, which is their native land, and I felt a cellular cellular level activation um, seeing, you know, what happened to the Osage nation, and then watched the movie Wind River, which was Um, covering the atrocities and uh, highlighting the horrific state of the missing women within the indigenous communities. And the fact that there are, I don't even know, hundreds, maybe thousands of unidentified women, uh, missing persons. And it's just, yeah, there's a lot happening. And I can feel and it's sort of being unearthed. And as we navigate Sawin, we navigate the space of being asked to turn inward, to be alchemists and to be alchemists of light and to see, to not turn our face from the darkness, from what's occurring, um, but to integrate it and be empowered in that space, knowing that we have the tools to integrate the darkness, to be with what's here, to witness the death, the destruction, and to transmute it to light. It's also a powerful time to evaluate our relationship with death. If you've navigated the loss of a loved one, you've probably navigated a pretty powerful portal of grief, you know? And, you know, this is something that's also come up with my, you know, with this sort of integration of um, our loss of the indigenous traditions, which I hold in such high regard because they... I mean, you know, depending on, on the indigenous culture, I'm speaking of specifically American indigenous, but, you know, most cultures have an indigenous group that has connection to um, sacred ritual and ceremony that that are just more connected to the natural cycles of life than we are as a Western world. And, um, I've been grieving the loss of those rituals, and the loss of the ceremony that we have around death, that we have around um, honoring our ancestors, honoring the land. And we desperately, desperately need that. We need it because the grief is killing our people and the grief is killing our, lo- our young ones. Um, the grief is why we have addiction, why we have pain, murder, suffering, genocide, it's because of grief and unprocessed grief and it's because of trauma and and death and fear of death and so I invite you to this week um, visit your relationship with death you know sort of perhaps sit with a you know the spirit of an ancestor and provide them an offering perhaps you know provide an offering on your altar for someone you've lost that you feel like you maybe have a little bit of grief that would like to come forward. I don't believe we're ever finished grieving certain things. I think grief is an essential part of being human, and it ripens us. But um, it's a beautiful time to bring forward just you know the the beauty of death as well, and how we can look beyond the veil to access the connection we have to the people we love who have passed or the things we love that have passed or what we've lost not even what through death but through change um, which always holds some sort of death but there's so much medicine there's so much wisdom in the death and the decay in the composting we are turning more inward we are spending time accessing our own shadow our own inner landscape in order to fully let the parts of us the things that we need to process um, decay and compost into new soil for the spring. So this is an incredibly powerful week. Um, I think it's, you know, I think it's fun to dress up for Halloween. I'm not bashing that at all, by the way, I think it's super fun. And I think we should, you know, honor the traditions that feel right for us. But I also invite you to spend some time creating a tradition for yourself, creating some ceremony around this sacred day this day where we commune with our ancestors, the veil is more thin. We have access to things that might not be as sort of tangible um, or close. They really are right now. And I think the more and more we can integrate, be with, love, accept, honor, and respect the death phase within the cycle of life, the more whole we become as individual humans and as a human race. Um, so we can learn so much from nature so much from its animals Uh, we can learn from our elders you know our ancestors so I invite you to take a little space to perhaps research your ancestry um, to connect with one tradition of your lineage um, and to to sit with the space of of integrating on the other side of this big eclipse portal perhaps taking inventory of What was lost and what was gained, um, what was learned, the medicine of this time. When I first sat down to record this episode, I closed my eyes. I was grounding, you know, connecting to source, calling in any medicine, any guides that were wanting to be present. And I kept seeing a swan. And so I knew swan medicine was here with us today. And one message that really resonated with me was... um, that the the swan is a great observer of life with its long neck it can see sideways and backward this helps swan move fearlessly through its environment swan tells us that battling with others is always a disappointment and unnecessary it is more effective to reflect on your own actions and motives study reflection in the water so you can achieve peace cleanse your mind of judgments and unkind thoughts purify your existence through acceptance You will get further with others if you are poised and calm when you interact with them, like a swan gliding through the water, even if you feel like you are furiously paddling your feet below the surface. And that's from a lovely book that I utilize when I'm um, working with clients, and animal medicine comes through, but it's called The Shaman's Guide to Power Animals, and it's by Lori Morrison. And then right after that, I pulled the storm card from the untamed elemental deck, which was so, so sort of timely for this integration phase on the other side of the eclipse season. But um, it says transition storm. She is the cycle of madness necessary to reclaim serenity before storms arrival. The gathering charge expands, creating deep unrest. She weaves her rumble of thunder with flashes of light ning commanding immediate attention her climactic performance echoes through the weather the theater of the gods opening new dimensions finally the skies rain down the tears that precede tomorrow's renewal storm indicates transition in the midst of the tempest you might wonder how much damage will be done or even whether you will survive remember that the polarity of destruction is renewal one does not exist without the other How do you endure the storm will influence your ability to regenerate once it's over. Now is the time to take exquisite care of yourself. Soon the sun will be out, the air will be fresh and full of vitality, and a new world will be be revealed. When it's balanced, confidence is in, in one's resiliency. When it's imbalanced, trepidation in the midst of change. To bring into balance, stabilize your body's electrical environment by embracing the theory of grounding. And that's so very accurate as we've been talking a lot about grounding during eclipse season. So there's this beautiful invitation to, um, that we are still, you know, in the storm to, so to speak. And it is a great, just wonderful time to ground, to turn inward, to give yourself some space to honor your ancestors, honor the death cycle, um, to really reflect on, on what's coming up for you around death Um, any fear around death, any of the anger that's being activated within you where you can access the grief beneath it. And perhaps just inviting us in a small ceremony or ritual on Samhain on Halloween to give thanks to the death cycle and its importance and to bring it a bit closer so that you can integrate some of the fear that that is uh, due to the separation from it. So thank you so much for being here. Next week, I actually have a guest. I'm excited about that. So it will be um, a deeply enriching conversation, I believe. And we'll probably be picking and back piggybacking on some of these topics. But I'm so excited to bring her on. And I'm so thankful that you're here. Thank you for your presence and for your support. If you feel called, I would so appreciate a share on Instagram or... Um, a rating, a review, a subscription to the podcast, all of it means truly the world. Thank you. Thank you. I've gotten messages from people that have literally traveled straight to the center of my heart. It's just, yeah, I can't even tell you how much it means to me that you're here. So thank you. Happy uh, Monday, and I will talk to you soon.